two vehicles involved. You got two teenagers in one vehicle, and an elderly lady in an SUV on its side. She's the driver. They flipped on the passenger side. Two teenagers were okay, so I immediately triaged, found the lady in the other car, and I had to make entries. Before the rescue was even there, I needed to get into this lady before she suffocated to death. She was being hung by her own seatbelt. We knocked out the back window of the SUV, and I started getting in. And what I found was another lady holding her upright. So she was standing on the, the passenger window holding this lady up. And I said, man, what are you doing? She's like, I'm helping the lady. I'm like, okay, but you need to get out of here. This is not safe. It's not even stabilized yet. She's like, okay. I said, get out. It's too dangerous for you. Let me do my job. So she turned it over to me. I kind of slid back inside the uh, passenger seat in the back seat. She walked past me and out the back door. I took care of the lady, held her up, cut the seatbelt. My rescue crew then stabilized the vehicle, and we were able to get her out the front window after we removed the roof. So the crazy thing about this is I took care of her, but when I went back out, I thought this other lady was involved in the accident. So I asked my police officer that was standing at the back of the vehicle, where'd the other lady go? He's like, Mike, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? The lady with the high boots, she was well-dressed, she had the purse hung over, but yeah, there was no lady like that. I'm like, okay, now you're pulling my chain. So I turned to my partner. I'm like, where is the lady, the other lady that was in the vehicle? They're like, Mike, there was no one else in this vehicle. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, I'm going crazy. So, you know, I asked three, four, five people, where did the lady go? And they're like, you were, you were the only one in that vehicle with the driver. I'm like, that's crazy, because I yelled at her. I yelled at this person to get out of the vehicle. How do you not see her? They're like, there was no one else. So I went home that night and thought about it. Thought about what the lady said. She says, it was up to the, if it wasn't for that lady in the vehicle, she probably would have choked to death because of the seatbelts wrapped around her. The only explanation is it had to be an angel. So just be careful on who you yell at when you're taking care of people. Well, good morning, guys. We're looking great on a kind of brisk October Sunday morning. So glad that you're here. And we want to uh, just take a moment and just uh, welcome all of our first-time guests, whether in the building or online. Rich, can we give it up for our first-time guests? Listen, if you're a guest of ours, we want to say thank you so much for taking part out of your day to uh, be with us. For those who are participating online, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And this is what I'd like you to do. If you're a first-time guest here, we just uh, would like for you to take out that connection card that you see in the seat back in front of you. And if you will, just take and complete that uh, sometime during the message today. If you just want to doodle on it, you can do that too, somewhere in there. That's okay. Uh, I'm good with that. Those who are participating online, uh, you can just simply text uh, the word bridge to the number 94,000 and uh, you can get your connection card as well if you're a first time guest. So we want to thank you for doing that. And what you can do is just at the end of service today, you can go right out back of the auditor auditorium doors here over to my left and take that over to our uh, welcome center and you can exchange that uh, for some uh, freebies over there, some t-shirts, a book, and uh, you'll receive a Chick-fil-A gift card in the mail. So we just want to invite you to do that. As well, if you're a second or third time guest, we uh, thank you for being here with us again. And you can simply take and complete that card. And on your way out, you can place that in the Make a Difference boxes. We just want to connect with you uh, as well. So uh, again, thank you so much for being here. It's going to be an awesome day. It's already been an awesome time in worship. It's already been a, a great first service. And so we're just excited about what God wants to do in this service. And before we get into the message, I just want to pause just for a, a moment, and I'm going to invite you to do something with me. I'm going to invite you to pray, and we're going to pray for uh, Pastors Archie and Tangi uh, Callahan and their family. And uh, this past week, uh, you may have seen on the social media, uh, Pastor Archie lost his uh, sister. And so we just want to just uh, take a moment and just uh, pause and pray for uh, the family. They'll be going through some uh, funeral things tonight and tomorrow, and so just a lot of going on uh, there. And so we just want to take the opportunity to cover our leaders with prayer. You know, the, the old joke uh, between uh, pastors, I'm going to let you in on some pastor secrets here, uh, is uh, who takes care of the pastor when he or she is hurting, right? Uh, and so the answer is us. It's the body of Christ, right? The Bible talks about when one rejoices, we all rejoice, and when one is mourning, we mourn as well. And so uh, we want to just take a moment and just cover our leaders 
in their time of grief. Would you do that with me right now? God, we thank you so much for your love, and we thank you for your grace and your ability to comfort us in the midst of um, uncertainty and tragedy and, and things that we face, God, that uh, life hurts us. And, and, and so, God, I thank you that you're there in the midst of those circumstances. And so, God, I just I speak uh, peace over the Callahan family right now, God. I speak uh, to their emotions and to their mind. Lord, I just pray that you would settle their spirits, that you would settle their soul uh, right now, God, as they walk through these next two days of, uh, of uh, mourning the loss of their loved one, God, I just pray that you would just uh, be like a, a, a heavy, warm blanket that just wraps around them, that envelops them, each one of them, and that they would just feel an overwhelming calmness from your presence today. God, we just ask that you would do that. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for doing that with me. And I just encourage you over the next couple of days and, and, and weeks just to, to remember them in prayer and just to, to just to uphold them uh, during uh, this time and this season in their life. So today we're going to continue our series called Supernatural. Supernatural, we began that last week. And uh, it's really this idea of talking about the, the seen and the unseen, the physical and the spiritual. Uh, the natural and the supernatural. So uh, it's this kind of uh, series on kind of just kind of pulling back the veil, pulling back the curtain a little bit, and as we just kind of begin to, to see the, the supernatural and, and what's taking place. And so uh, last week we talked about the bright side. We talked about the bright side. Everybody say bright side. Bright side. Right? There's a bright side. And so uh, last week was bright side, and we talked about angels, and we talked about the purpose of angels. And their function and their role in the earth and how they uh, function uh, today. And so there were three types of angels. There was there was worshiping angels. Uh, Pastor Rob kind of mentioned that uh, during his transition that the, the angels in heaven they worship uh, God. Uh, some some commentators in that verse that Pastor Rob uh, mentioned there talk about when the elders bow down and they cast their crown. It is uh, some commentators believe that that uh, in those moments when they do that. That they just saw a new revelation or uh, of who God was, like they are always discovering something new about God, and so when they see it, they they bow down and lay their crowns before Him. Isn't that amazing that we have a God that is so big that all throughout eternity you're still just kind of getting to know who He is? That we don't totally get to know everything about uh, about God, and that we just continue to get to worship Him. I, I think that's so awesome. So there's there's worshiping angels. There's there's uh, warring angels. We talked about that last week. Those are uh, angels that fight on uh, behalf of God and his purpose and also on our behalf. Uh, that God will disp dispatch uh, for uh, our behalf to, to fight battles and things that we may face. And then the last one is witnessing angels. Those are angels that come to proclaim uh, what God is getting ready to do and begin to give us a sneak peek, if you will, into something that God wants to do in the earth. Oftentimes, we're getting ready to, in the next uh, 90 days or so, be celebrating Christmas. And so we often see uh, witnessing angels during this time, right? When we talk about the Christmas story, we talk about different things there. We see Gabriel, we talk about uh, Mary, seeing the angel and Joseph, and, and the angels will, uh, come to the shepherds and proclaim uh, the birth of Jesus. So there's these witnessing angels. And so these are uh, angels, again, behind the scenes, uh, as we talk about that are taking place uh, and we don't even realize, we don't even recognize. But here's the thing uh, that, that I think we need to understand. As, as uh, people, human beings, whether you're a Christian, uh, whether you're a non-believer, maybe you've not begun a relationship with God yet, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, all of us are really designed to have this kind of spiritual connection with God, with the, with the supernatural, if you will. In fact, if you go all the way back into Genesis, and we won't cover these verses, I'll just allude to them real quick. But if you go all the way back into Genesis, you see where, where Adam and Eve had this kind of physical uh, experience, but at the same time, they were walking in kind of a, a spiritual or supernatural thing. Like they were, the Bible says that they were fellowshipping uh, with God. In, in the cool of the evening, it says, that God would come down and, and fellowship with Adam. So there was this unique kind of uh, uh, spiritual and physical uh, relationship that kind of went back and forth. And, and so we see where uh, Eve was tempted 
by the serpent, right? The fall into sin. There's a spiritual interaction in a physical realm. And so there's this thing back and forth. And of course, when she sins, we know that uh, God uh, takes Adam and Eve out of the garden. And what does he do? He places an angel there to guard uh, the entrance to the garden. Why did he do that? It was out of God's love and mercy that he did that. Because he knew that if Adam and Eve went in and ate of the, the tree of life, that Adam and Eve would live in eternity in sin. And he didn't want to do that. He was going to make another way through his son, Jesus. And so, so we see this interaction in, in the spiritual sense. And so uh, oftentimes, I think, and particularly here in America, we've become sophisticated. We've become educated. We've got technology. And so we don't really think that there's any really connection in the spiritual world, right? And so we have a hard time kind of understanding what's going on. And so a lot of our, our spiritual insight comes from, I don't know, television shows, movies, whatever, you know. And, and so uh, today we're going to be talking about the dark side, the dark side. And again, one of the things that you think about when I probably say dark side is probably a movie called Star Wars, right? Talking about Darth Vader, right? And uh, so that's not the dark side that I'm referring to. Uh, but it is this idea uh, that not only is there a bright side, there is also a dark side. So let's, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn over into Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 12. Uh, if you have your smart device, you can look that up. Also, I encourage you, if you, you haven't downloaded the Bridge app, you can do that. There's places in there you can take notes. Uh, in the bridge app. So let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. And it says this. Then war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels, let me just pause there so you kind of know who's playing, right? So uh, in our house, sometimes we call them GGs, right? Those are the good guys. So Michael and his angels are the good guys. And then there's the dragon and his angels. We call those the BGs. And I'm not talking about the 70s group, okay? <laughs> And uh, some of you may know who they are, and others, you have to Google that. But the BGs are the bad guy, right? So the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, referring to the dragon, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to earth, and the angels with him. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser, this is referring back to Satan or the dragon, of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. I want you to remember, know this about the dark side. You and I do not have to fear the dark side because if we're in Christ, we are on the winning side. Okay? You and I don't have to fear the dark side because if we're in Christ, we are on the winning side. Look at what Psalms 34, 7 says. It says this, The angel of the Lord encamped around those who fear him, and he delivers them. He encamps around. It's that word fear there. It's not fear like I'm scared of God. It is a reverence or a recognizing that God is holy and honorable. And so we, we, we recognize that. So you and I don't have to fear this thing called the dark side. We don't have to fear the supernatural. Uh, if we're in Christ, we understand that, that we get to walk in the, the protection or the, the shelter of the Most High God. And so that is something that you and I have. Uh, here on earth. And so we don't have to fear this thing called the dark side. But I want to kind of talk about that because I think it's important that we explore on what is happening in the in the spiritual realm behind us. And so so who is in the dark side? What is the dark side? It's sort of like the dark the dark web, right? It's this it's this kind of thing that we don't know about what we hear about. But really when you begin to look at it, you see that the devil and his demons are the ones who operate in the realm of the dark side. 
In fact, how do we get there? How does, the, how does Satan get to this place? Well, this is not in your notes, but if you go over to Isaiah chapter uh, 14 and Ezekiel 28, I'm going to give you kind of some scriptures and things to, to look up, and you can look up later. But in Isaiah 14, it says this, Oh, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. That's a re reference back to, to Satan. And so uh, it's showing us how he was brought from heaven down to earth. And so it says, you were cast down to the earth. And this is Satan's mindset. So we get a picture of what Satan was thinking here, okay? It says this, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds, and I will make myself like the most high. That was Satan's downfall. It's his desire to be higher than God. And he goes on to read, but you were brought down to the realm of the dead and to the depths of the pit. In other words, God said, hey, I'm not having any of that. I'm going to just knock you down. Some, some commentators, I like the way some uh, say it. It's like, it's like God had an ant climbing on him, and he just simply flipped him off. That's how big God is in comparison to Satan. And so we read over in Ezekiel 28, it says this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. So this is the word of the Lord uh, uh, talking about Satan. He says, listen how uh, God describes him. You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom. And perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Come down to verse 17. And your heart became proud on account of your beauty. Watch out. You think you're good looking? I have to deal with this a lot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom. You can corrupt your wisdom. If you're not careful, you can corrupt your own wisdom. Say, so you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth, and I made a spectacle of you before the kings. And, of course, Revelation 12 tells us that, that Satan fell, and he took one-third of the angels with him. So I'm kind of giving you some, some background here. But we know that Satan is called this oftentimes. He's called, in the New Testament, the prince of demons. He's called the prince of this world. Okay? So is this, this world the prince of powers of the air? So we talk about the air. Like this is a, that's kind of like the first level of, of heaven, if you will, is the atmosphere right here on earth. And so within this kind of domain here, he's the god of this world, lower G. Uh, god of this world, the tempter, the devil, accuser, Satan, adversary, the enemy, the evil one, serpent, the dragon. There's a lot of names for him. But I want you to know this, that Satan is not as powerful as God. Okay, you got to understand who your enemy is. you got to understand uh, what level and what dimension he operates in. So, so God is all-knowing. Satan is not. God can know my thoughts and your thoughts at the same time and everybody else's thought on this planet. Satan does not have that. He's not all-knowing. He doesn't know the plans of God. He doesn't know what God's up to. The only way he knows what God's up to is if God decides to tell him what he's up to. So he's not all-knowing. He is not all-powerful. God is all-powerful. God can do whatever he wants. Satan cannot. He is not an all-powerful being. Okay? He is not omnipresent, which means he can't be everywhere at the same time. So if God is over in Asia on 53rd Street, and I don't know if they have a 53rd Street in Asia, but if they have a 53rd Street, God can be over there and he can be here at the same time. Satan can only be in one place. So if he's on 53rd Street, he can't be at your house. He can't be at my house. So he is limited in his abilities. And he's limited in his capabilities. And so, so Satan rules the dark side. Uh, he operates within the dark side. And he has fallen angels. And fallen angels are really uh, this right here. They are unclean spirits and antichrist spirits. In other words, they fight against the kingdom of God. They fight uh, against the forward momentum of the kingdom of God. And so when you feel like there's a, a in your house or maybe at work and you're just like, man, why am I always trying to move forward in, in, in the things of God and righteousness? And I can't, it seems like there's things that are fighting against me and I can't feel like I can, uh, can't quite get a hit. There, there are spiritual things that are taking place in your life. There are spiritual things that are taking And so most of the time we just throw them off as, well, it's just bad luck. Right? But there are spiritual things that are taking place that we oftentimes don't realize. Right? So we're, we're fighting against the, 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 the culture of the world. Right? So there's a system of the world. Then there is, we fight against our flesh. Right? Our body, our own desires. 
But then we also have spiritual fights, things that, that go on that, that, that buffet us, that, that fight or try to keep us from moving forward. Like you could look at um, uh, Jesus being tempted, right? Jesus was tempted. What was Satan trying to do there? He was trying to fight against the purpose of God, the kingdom of God moving forward. So he was, he was trying to fight against that. When he, uh, when he deceived Eve, what did he do? He was trying to fight against the purpose of God in the earth. And so we see that demons and Satan are designed to, to fight against or have an anti-Christ spirit. So, so these are the players in who uh, you and I uh, are interacting with. And so you need to understand who the players are. But not only do you need to understand who the players are, you need to understand what their, their trick play is. And the trick play is they rule through deception. The dark side rules through deception. And so it's important to understand. You know, do you know why Satan fights so much and his enemies fight so much? It's two things. Satan desires power and worship, right? So, so worship, that's what, what uh, many believe that Satan's job was in heaven, was that he was uh, a worship leader. And so what do we have a lot of times problems in in churches? It's in the area of worship. Right? We would, well, I like my songs. I want my hymns. I, I don't like the way they sing. They, they've got drums. I don't like drums. I like guitars. I don't, they need more guitars, right? So whatever it is, we fight against. And so there's this influx. And so really, it is about who will you worship? It's about who will you worship? Are you going to worship God? Or will you worship Satan? Those are the only two options you have. There is no third party in the kingdom. All right, in the spirit realm, there is no neutral. There is like, hey, I'm not for God, and I'm not for Satan. I'm just going to hang out over here. You don't get to do that. In the kingdom, you choose a side. So we have to choose a side. And so, and so he desires, Satan desires power and worship. And the second reason he fights is because he's trying to fight against God because God has already judged him and condemned him. In other words, our battle is against a defeated foe already. So you and I get an opportunity or have the opportunity to walk in victory today because we understand that God has already judged Satan and he's condemned him. That's why you go back to our, our scripture text at the very beginning. What does he say? Uh, I think it's verse, verse 12 goes down and says, uh, Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with what? Fury. Fury. I'm mad about it because he knows that his time is short. So he deceives us. He deceives us in darkness. Darkness. So you and I, in the physical realm, we think about darkness as being the absence of light, right? And that would be true. Like in the physical realm, if there's no light, uh, uh, we, we have darkness. But in the spirit realm, darkness is considered the absence of truth. Where there is no truth, there is darkness. And so God comes and he brings truth. What did Jesus do? He says, I am the what? Truth. Right? So he comes to bring uh, truth to expose or eliminate darkness. So, so that's, the, that's what Jesus comes to do. So the enemy comes along and he keeps us in this place of deception. And where does he do it? He does it in our minds. He does it in our, in our minds. And so I'm going to read some text, uh, scripture text to you. But I want you to, to, to follow along with me. Say, say, I'm following, Pastor Scott. I'm following. Come on, hang with me, all right? Because we're going to get into some text here. But I want you to make sure you, you're, you're hanging with me. So here's what I want you to understand. It may not be on the screen. Colossians 2.15 says this. This is referring to Jesus. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. Who, who are the powers and authorities? He's talking about Satan and his fallen angels, right? So he comes along and says, disarm the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, which kind of goes back to uh, what we read over in Ezekiel and Isaiah when he cast them down. Triumphing over them by the cross. How did Jesus disarm them? He did it through the cross. He did it through the cross. And so uh, you and I have to understand that the person that we are uh, uh, warring against is already defeated. In other words, if there was like a, a group of military personnel uh, here uh, and had guns and, and knives and grenades and all that, it's like God came along and just took all of that away. 
took all of that off of them, and the only thing they have left is their, is their mouth. And so how does Satan deceive us? He deceives us with lies. Okay, you got to understand, that's how he works. If you go back and read, now we're going from Colossians, he's been disarmed. Okay, he's been disarmed. Then we go over to, to, to Revelation 12, 9, which is our text. And what does it say? The great dragon, dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the world astray. That's his job. Okay, his job is just to lead us astray. Here, come this way. Follow me. This sounds good over here. Doesn't this sound more pleasant? Who wants to live a disciplined life? Who really wants to take up their cross and follow Jesus? Come follow me. My, my way is a little bit easier. Right? He leads the world astray. We talked about Eve. How did she get deceived? Right? Because Satan came along, told her a half-truth, deceived her, follows her. Right? Jesus said that Satan does not have the truth within him. He's the lie. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. So that's what Jesus said. So, so we have a, a foe that has been dis, uh, disarmed, been defeated. Then we, we come along and recognize that he's a liar. And so where does that leave you and I today? What is, our, what is the result of that? What is our action step, if you will, for all you goal-oriented people that need something? What's our action step going to be? If I, know that, if I know he's disarmed and I know he's a liar, what am I going to do? Well, you go over to Romans 12 and 2. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I get to test when I renew my mind, and I begin to test and approve what God's will is. In other words, I begin to detect lies that are coming my way. And I get to say, okay, that's a lie. That's true. This is God's will. So I walk this way. And I come to another place. I go, okay, there's a lie. That's truth. So I need to walk this way. Right? So I begin to move in life based on testing and approving God's will for my life because I recognize whenever I hear a lie that I know that ain't true. I know that ain't right. If the devil says you ain't going to make it, and I said, well, I'm going to make it. God's already got it predestined, then I'm going to make it. I was doubting, but until I got that word and that lie, I know now that I'm going to make it. Right. right? Because I can detect the lie. I know the truth. And I'm able to detect the truth. And so I kind of, you know, pardon this illustration. So I got my Kool-Aid up here. Anybody like Kool-Aid? Remember uh, as a kid, you, we used to put a lot of sugar in our Kool-Aid. Mom didn't make it quite as sweet as I liked it. But let's say these three uh, 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 containers up here, these cups up here, represent the capacity of our mind, right? So their capacity, and, and, and it's our soul, really. It's our soul is made up of our mind, will, and our emotions. And so what happens in our life is, is if this blue water represents truth in my life, then if this represents, let's just say this represents the area of finances, Right? Let's say funny. And so God's truth is poured into my life. And I don't know. We'll just we'll just go right about there. And I say, yeah, you know, I got some I got some truth regarding God's word in the area of finances. But the difference or the distance between the top, the full capacity, and where the water ends is where the enemy comes in and begins to plant lies. Because I'm ignorant in this area. You see? So I don't know. I, I've got some knowledge, biblical knowledge on how God wants me. So is it, is it, do I just spend everything I get? Is it just, you know, I, I live it up? Or, you know, so, so what is it? So in here, when God talks about, hey, uh, you know, honor the Lord with your first fruit or something like that, right? Like, I got all this up here, right? I, I, you know, I need to live it up. I need a new boat. I got a few things I need to do. I need to, you know, clothes. That's going to cut into my... Uh, my retirement plan, these are things, right? And so we begin to live out of a lie. And so we make choices for our life based on lies. Come on, you know you've done it. You've never met somebody and you go, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if I, I don't think they like me. I don't know. When I talked to her, she had a frown when I talked to her. So I'm just not going to be friends with her, right? So what do we do? We made a choice. 
on inaccurate information a lot. And so we end up walking and making decisions based on false information. You guys with me on that? You know you do it because I do it. We do it. So so maybe it's marriage. Maybe I got some, I, you know, I got a little bit of knowledge because we, we got married in a church. Right? <laughs> we got married in a church and that makes it off. Well, makes us religious, right? But the rest of this gap here is where the enemy comes in and plants lies. So, so well, maybe marriage isn't for a lifetime anyway. Maybe we need to get a divorce. Maybe this can't work out. He's just hard-headed. She's just hard-headed, right? So we just, all these lies just keep getting dumped in here. And then these little lies become strongholds. When you don't deal with a lie, what happens? You begin to uh, develop a stronghold. The enemy can set up a stronghold. And then suddenly you got a hatred for your spouse that you didn't even know really where it came from. Because you allow these things just to kind of build up in here. And, you build. and so we don't know biblical truth and we don't understand biblical marriage. And so when somebody says, hey, you know, marriage should be like this and marriage should and start redefining marriage and all of these other things. And we're like, yeah, that sounds good. Shouldn't everybody be happy? Shouldn't everybody just love? Right? Because we don't, we, we just got a little bit of truth. And so the enemy comes in and just starts planting all of this stuff in here, and we get little strongholds. And, they, and maybe, and maybe, maybe there's a little bit of, uh, um, I really don't even know who God is. And I just got a little bit of religion, and I just got, a, I got a little bit. And so all of this gap in here, a lot of place for the enemy to play around with, to sow some lies, to sow some some seed, and and, and just let let things kind of just begin to build up in our in our life, and so. The, the place is, and here, here it is right here. I'm, I'm only, uh, I can only walk in uh, uh, deception to the level of my ignorance. I walk in deception to the level of my ignorance. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm ignorant, if I'm ignorant and just, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit, there's not much deception. I'm going to recognize that. No, that's false. That's, that's not true. The Bible says this. No, the, the Holy Spirit just checked me on that. This is what God's Word says. So that, that's not. But if I've got, I've got a lot of gap up there, I can't detect that. So I'll walk in ignorance. And so what happens is I can be free from sin, but I'll be bound in my thought life. And I'll never be able to walk in freedom because I'm just bound up here in lies. I'm, I'm saved and I'm, I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm struggling as I go. I'm, I'm living, I'm, and you know, it's like I'm just getting beat up, knocked down, and I'm just dragging through, and I can't figure out why nobody likes me, and nobody wants to hang out with me, and I can't figure out why I can't be victorious in Christ, and all of these other things, and so I feel rejected all the time. I feel like, why, I, you know, nobody loves me because, you know, this happened uh, 20 years ago, and because that happened, I, I just don't know if God loves me, and I don't understand the unconditional love of God. I don't understand the grace of God. I don't understand the mercy of God. And so because I walk around in ignorance, I'm deceived all the time, thinking God doesn't love me. So that is his, his weapon is deception. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm exposing the devil right now, and you need to understand that you and I walk in victory because Jesus Christ paid everything uh, for us at the cross through the resurrection. We live in eternal life with him, and so when you and I are born again, we get the Holy Spirit into our life. And what is the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come and lead us in what? All truth. All truth. Not some truth. Not half truth, but he will reveal truth that the Father has for us. The Holy Spirit comes and empowers me. So I come along, and I may not understand everything, but the Holy Spirit begins to lead me in truth. And when he begins to lead me in truth, he begins to empower me to walk it out. Go on. So, so I just begin to renounce things. I say, that's not right. I renounce that thing of my past. That's not right. That's not going to hold me captive anymore. And I begin to walk in freedom. What, what did Jesus say? Uh, he said, who the Son sets free is free in what? Indeed. Well, we can't walk in freedom and we leave plenty of room for the devil to come along and deceive us. That's his trick. It's to deceive us. The third thing, 
is the dark side that the demons, uh, they serve, the, their purpose is to serve the devil. Fallen angels serve the devil's purpose. I'm going to give you three, three objectives of uh, the demons right here real quick. I'm not going to hit them long. Number one is to torment and torture people. Torment and torture people. We see this throughout scripture. Uh, maybe you've had um, interaction with, with uh, you know, the spirit realm and different things. Uh, and you see that there's there's wickedness, there's evil, right? Uh, and so so we understand that there's a their job is to torment and torture people. The third, uh, second thing is uh, keep uh, those uh, from knowing Christ as their savior. They want to keep people from coming to Christ. They want to stop and distract and to keep busy. I don't have time to go to church. Too much going on. Ooh, too too busy. Too busy. When you come to church, distracted. Can't hear the truth. You're distracted. Maybe if you don't even know Christ right now in this in this moment or participating online, there might be things that are distracting you right now. They, you ever notice when you try to kneel down and pray and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing, the kids start uh, hollering, the dog starts barking, and all you try to do is just, you know, go worship. Keep you busy. Keep you distracted. Third thing is, is to discourage believers. They want to keep you from being effective. If you're a believer in here, he wants to keep you off mission. To not fulfill your purpose. To not be able to continue on and help advance the kingdom of God. And so that is what the objective is of, of Satan. And so First uh, Peter 5, 8 says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So, so the purpose is Satan desires to consume you. To consume me. And so he will have his uh, fallen angels, these demons, to come along and keep us distracted and busy. Let me tell you, if Satan really came in the, in the light of the ugliness and the, and the horror in which we, which we think, we, all of us would be like, nope, I'm not following that. But it's because he comes to us in, as deceptive. In order for, in order for uh, a lie to work, it has to be deceiving. Right? If I said, hey, look, you know what, I've got actually three heads. You guys be like, hey, that guy's nuts. Right? But if I would convince you of some, some crazy tale of, of, of something and, and to make it, it would be, you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, very palatable. It's, it's, it's possible, right? And so he comes along to devour us, to consume us. That's what First Peter 5, 8. So I want to kind of give you some things that we open the door up to the dark side. Right, just as you come to church and you begin to worship God, you open yourself up to the things of God. Right? So when you're in your house, if you're playing worship music and things like that, you begin to open up yourself, your sphere, to the things of God. And, you're, and you worship God. You create an atmosphere. Right? You create an atmosphere and you just begin to, 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 to operate in that. Maybe you come to a small group. You, you're in an atmosphere where you're connecting with God. But there are things in our life that we can do that can connect us to the dark side. Some of the things are things like uh, psychics or palm readings, you know, uh, astrology, Ouija boards, rituals and vows. Some music, some music will open us up into 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 the into the dark side. Mind altering drugs. Here's a couple of things that good church people don't ever think about, right? Bitterness and unforgiveness. Matter of fact, can't help me. Yes, absolutely can. It gives a it gives a stronghold for the enemy to settle in your in your spirit and in your mind. Movies, TV shows, the wrong kind of thing. Just as we create an atmosphere here of worship, and just as we tell you and encourage you and, and, and try to create an atmosphere at home and, and, and things like that, you can create an atmosphere for the dark side to come. Like, I remember one time we were at, uh, before we ever built the building, we had a little uh, office place off of Indian River, uh, not Indian River, uh, that's where we are now, you know, so we had a little office place here. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, over off Lynn's, uh, Lynn Haven, Lynn Haven. Uh, and so we were over there, and I remember I was there with uh, Pastor Archie, and um, someone came in, a lady came in, she said, hey, I'm, 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 I'm possessed, I want you guys to cast out these devils. Uh, you know, it's not every day you get that request. <laughs> Normally it's like, hey, I need help with rent or something like that. But, hey, 
Uh, so it was that was like okay, that's new and on me just to, 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 to knock on the door and uh, ask that. So uh, she came in and uh, so we said okay, we'll, we'll we'll pray with you. She said okay, well first thing we need to do is we need to cut off all the lights. And, and I said uh, why do you need to do it? Because because that's how it's done. You got to make it dark and, and, and get it real. Pastor Archie and I looked at it. No, we haven't every light on in this place. We opened up all the curtains. We, no, it's going to be nice and bright up in here. So we ended up praying for her. Uh, to my knowledge, nothing was ever um, cast out or anything like that. But but the point is, is that is that darkness wanted the atmosphere of darkness. Cut off the lights. I remember Pastor Archie, uh, I didn't go with him on this call because he didn't call me, but I think he and Pastor Tanger went, and a guy said, hey, uh, you know, I'm just uh, in, a, in a really dark place. So they went visiting, and he really was in a dark place because he had all the lights off and the curtains closed. He's like, I'm in a dark place. I, you know, I just, I need, I need, I need uh, deliverance and stuff like that. And so, so Pastor Archie might want to cut the lights off. Let's open up the curtains, right? He said, but, but the truth of the matter is, is there are atmospheres that you can create that open up your life to things of the spirit realm that are the dark side, and you need to be aware of that. Listen, you need to be aware, parents, of what your kids are watching. And what they're doing, because because I know that you think by bringing them to church uh, once a week and they get a little bit of this trickle here, but there's a lot of space uh, that they get from TV shows. New little uh, show come out called the uh, New Little Demon or New Demon or something like that, uh, and, and it's and it's uh, it's cartoon. It's supposed to be adult, but it's a cartoon about a seventh grader. Read up on it, and so and so. What it is 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 the mother had an affair with Satan, and so the little girl was the Antichrist. Okay, all right. So so there we go. We just think, oh well, it's a nice little cartoon. What you watching, honey? Oh, I'm just watching this cartoon. Okay, just enjoy yourself. Hey, clean up the chips. Like, so we give them a little bit of this, right? But there's a whole lot of this going on. Deceptive. And put in a little something here. No, no, it's, it's, I can make you laugh at it. I can make you laugh at the dark side and you'll accept it. And so I'll just, I'll just put that in and mix that up. And then your kids will have no idea what's, what's right and what's wrong. They'll be all messed up. So Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He says over in John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them through truth. Talk about God sanctify them through, through your truth. And he says, your word is truth. Your word is truth. How do I do it? How, how, do I, how do I make sure I get the truth in me? Well, being here, participating online, that's part of it. Right? You need to be in an atmosphere where truth is being taught. You need to break open the Bible, right, and, and learn and read Scripture, understand truth, uh, worship music, small groups, Different things. Uh, in other words, what, what is your curriculum that you're using to increase your understanding of God? Do you have, if I could use it this way, if there's teaching, do you have a curriculum track for your spiritual growth? Or is it just, uh, it'll happen by chance? I'll make it up as I go along. That's fine. And you'll constantly live in a place of deception. You'll constantly live in a place that you're locked up in. So the final thing. Final thing here is the dark side. The devil and his uh, demons have been defeated. Been defeated. It's over. Who is the ringleader of the dark side? The devil, right? Some nice easy, easy words uh, with these. Uh, the devil, what is his main operation? To be deceptive. And the last thing you need to know, he's defeated. The devil, he's a deceiver, he's been defeated. What does 1 John 3, 8 say? He says this, for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. They have been destroyed. Okay? It's not like he got rearmed after the resurrection. When Jesus ascended into heaven, 
and the disciples got the, uh, the, the Holy Spirit, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, and over in Acts, it wasn't like suddenly that Satan was able to go find some arsenals of, of weaponry and load back up. No, he is still defeated. And so he walks around deceiving. So 1 John 3, 8 says, It is for uh, this purpose that the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Not the devil. He didn't destroy the devil. His time is coming, but he destroyed his works. Over again, Colossians 2.15, we talked about how did he do, how did he disarm them? By the cross. So we live victorious through the cross. Through the cross, you and I have new life. Because of the resurrection, we have new life. So Jesus overcomes uh, sin through the temptation. Remember when he was tempted in the wilderness? He overcomes sin, so sin had no, so, uh, no power over, over Jesus. So if you really think about it, Jesus is going back and resetting the stage of what happened in Genesis. Adam could resist the temptation. Jesus could. The Bible calls him a second Adam. So, so Satan, or, or, or Adam fell into death because of the temptation. Jesus was willing to die, but he overcame by the resurrection so that you and I now have newness of life. So really this whole thing is really getting back to Genesis. It's really coming back to a place of community with Christ. And it's a maturing process for us as believers so that as Paul would say over in Ephesians 4, that we won't be blown around by every wind of doctrine. Or if you want to say it this way, by every deception that comes along and treats itself as, as, as dominant. <laughs> Satan is not an equal. He, he, he is not, he is not a, 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 uh, a brother to Jesus. There's some theology that teaches that. God had two sons. One was Lucifer, one was Jesus. They're both equal. Jesus was a good kid. No, no, no. Jesus is very much God incarnate. In other words, God comes to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Satan are not even close. Not even close. Jesus is God. Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to know, if you want to know God, study Jesus. You just study Jesus. So the good news is, is this, is that I don't have to live in cycles of defeat. I don't have to allow the enemy to sit there and keep me in lies because I know how to get out of it because I know I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. I have a curriculum track. I've got a way for me to go forward and progress. And I don't have to live in this cycle of defeat. I don't have to live in rejection. I don't have to live under what happened to me when I was a, a young girl or a young man. I don't have to live under that. And I don't have to live under the, the thoughts that, that I'm not worth anything and that I don't amount to anything and nobody loves me and, and it's just uh, bad days upon bad days for Scott. No, I can be set free from that because I don't have to live under the lies that Satan wants to keep telling us as Christians that we're bound up and that we can't do anything. But the truth of the matter is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's the victory that we have in Christ. Oh, you know, I just, I just, I, I love this topic. I love talking about truth. I've just been, I've just been for the last couple of months, just been in a, a, a truth thing. Robin, uh, my wife got me a, a, a book, Virtuous Minds, and, 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 and so I'm just, I'm just like, I'm eating that stuff up, just going, Look, man, I see where all of these little little things, these little truth things have been, have been uh, uh, lies have been put on people. And how we live out and we really live our lives making decisions based off lies. I'm not good enough, so I'm going to act this way. God doesn't love me, so I'm just going to do this thing. And so we make decisions off of lies. You know, the truth of the matter is, as I close, is this right here. Is that one day, all of us, all of us are going to see the supernatural with our own eyes. All of us, at some point, will see what's been unseen. Whether that's when we die, or when Jesus comes to take us all home collectively, However it happens, one day we will. And here's, here's the, the staggering part of it. Is that when we stand before the Lord, for those who have repented of their sins, 
and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and followed his ways. When we stand in that, that place of the unseen that will be seen at that moment, the reward for us will be heaven. But here's the sad thing. If we've not repented of our sins and we never did follow God or the teachings of Christ, then the reward for us is hell. Many people ask, why would a, why would a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. We choose to go there. Because we, could, we have free will. We have choice. We have choice in it. And so it's, 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 uh, there's an old 70s song. Uh, I think um, you got to serve somebody. If anybody's here from the 70s, then you probably know. Yeah, either it's, the, either it's the devil or either it's God. It's, 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 it's a, a, a song. It's not a Christian song. But, it, but, but the, the truth is, is you're going to serve somebody. You're going to worship somebody. You're going to worship somebody. And, you know, here's the thing is, is I don't know that this is true. I, I can't prove that this is true. I don't want to try to find out and prove it. But someone once said, I remember being in a service one time, he says, I think one of the greatest torments of hell, and hell will be a very harsh place, wicked place, he says, is that you will be there and you will be reminded of all the times that you had the opportunity to receive Christ and you chose not to do it. How cruel would that be? for the enemy of our souls to sit there and torment us for all of eternity of all the times we heard the gospel and he kept us distracted. Look what Jesus said in our last verse here, Matthew 25-41. Jesus talking about separating the, the sheep from the goat and there's a long passage there so I don't, I'm not going to read all of that but in verse 41 he says this, this is, this is Jesus talking about himself. Then he says, I will, uh, will say to those on his left, or he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for, I want you to get this, prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never intended for you. It was never intended for me. It was never intended for mankind. It was always intended and prepared for the devil and his angels. That is ultimately where Satan and his angels will end up. We just have to let this thing play out. So we do our part. We're in the kingdom. We're on mission. And we move forward in the things of God. So we continue to reach people. We try to take the blinders off people. We do what we can to save people. And we get, bring them into the uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. Because they 